whatever shadow may fall on your life. Maybe you are worried about the fate of your country, or perhaps dark thoughts visit you concerning your own future, or maybe your entire life seems an unbearable wound. Remember the fairy tale. Listen to her quiet, ancient, wise voice. From an essay on the spiritual meaning of fairy tales by Ivan Ilyin. Beyond the thrice nine lands, not that far from a certain kingdom, there was a certain land. A land where firebirds perch in golden apple trees, where wolves speak with the voices of sages, and the best that a prince can do sometimes is to sit on a log and weep. Welcome to In a Certain Land, a podcast where I tell Slavic fairy tales and epic poems. So pull up a chair or a log in the middle of the forest, and let's listen together to the story's quiet, ancient, wise voice in our hearts. You never know what treasures you might find there. In a certain kingdom, in a certain land, there lived a merchant. Now this merchant, he was quite successful. He had the best shop in town. And of course, as these things sometimes happen, he also had the most beautiful wife in the village. They were very happy. They got on famously. But they had one problem. In spite of all of the money that he had, in spite of the love that they shared, they did not have a child for a very, very long time. And of course it weighed on them, as such things always do. But finally, it happened. She gave birth to a beautiful daughter. Absolutely perfect. Huge blue eyes, rosy cheeks, and that wisdom in her gaze that all children have. But she had it more than most. Or at least, her mother would swear to it. And so they lived very happily for a few years. His work was very successful. She grew up to be the most brilliant child in the entire world. Again, according to her mother. But such things do not last, especially not in fairy tales. She was around eight years old when her mother became very, very ill. And even though the husband hoped that they would be able to do something about this, after all, he had all the money in the world to spend, she knew, as only a mother knows, that this was the end. And so she called her daughter to her bedside. And she looked at her, and her eyes were almost as blue as the eyes of her daughter. And she said, My dear daughter, I'm going to die very soon. But I don't want to leave you without the blessing that I can give to you. And so, take from my hands this doll. Never let her go. Always keep her by your side. And whenever you have trouble, give her a little bit of food and then ask her to help. And she will always help you. Having said that, she gave her a long, long hug and she died. 
The sorrow of the father was long, and it was intense. But it could not last forever. After all, he had such a beautiful daughter, and she did look very much like his wife. And so all of his love, all of his attention, all of his care was showered on her. And still, he was a merchant. And that meant having to leave on long journeys to try his luck in foreign lands. He couldn't leave her alone. He had to get married again. He just had to. To be fair, he had his pick of the most beautiful women in the village. He was a very successful man, and he was not all that bad to look at himself. So he decided he would be choosy. Among all of the possibilities, he saw one widow. She was fair to look at, but more importantly, she had two daughters. And the two daughters were very close in age to his own daughter, Vasilisushka. And he thought this would be perfect. My bed will be warmed, and my daughter will have companions to grow up with together. And so they were married. And for about five minutes, everything went very, very well. But that's about as long as it lasted. She did not like Vasilisushka at all. She didn't appreciate that she was more beautiful than her daughters. She didn't appreciate all the looks that little Vasilisushka got from every single person in the village. She was quite, quite envious. And so she did everything she could to destroy that beauty. Not simply to destroy her. No, 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 no. That would have been easy. She needed to make sure that the beauty faded. So she gave her difficult work to do. She told her to do all the menial chores. She wouldn't buy her any new clothes. She forced her to go outside in winter to do work that any menial churl would be able to do. And yet, Vasilisa continued to grow continued to have the rosiest cheeks in the village, continued to have the most beautiful face of all the young women in the village. Not surprisingly, her stepmother, as time went on, got uglier and angrier, and so did her daughters. But how is this possible? How could a child like that, having to do all that work, continue to be so rosy-cheeked, so plump, so beautiful, so fresh? Well, she had a secret. Every evening, she would take the best part of her dinner and she would give it to her doll. And as she fed her doll, she said to her, Little doll, hear me out. I am very unhappy. Please help me. And every time, the doll would say the same thing. Don't worry. Go to bed. The morning is wiser than the evening. And by the morning, everything was done. And so all she needed to do was walk around, gather flowers, plait them into beautiful crowns, and become more beautiful and fresher by the day. One day, the merchant had to go on a very long journey. This was a journey that would probably last years. He left his daughter in the care of his wife. Now, it's unclear whether or not his eyes were bad, because he surely would have seen how she treated her. And yet he did leave her in her care, extracting a promise, naturally, that everything would be fine. The first thing that the stepmother did was move out of the house, into a different house at the very edge of the deep and dark forest. Why did she do that? Well, there was a rumor that in that forest there was a clearing, and in that clearing was a hut on two chicken feet, and inside that hut lived Baba Yaga herself. And so she would send out Vasilisa to do all kinds of strange things in the forest. All kinds of errands that didn't seem to have any particular meaning. 
hoping all the while that she would stumble into that clearing with Baba Yaga's house. Because as everybody knows, Baba Yaga likes to eat children like that. And yet she never did. Every time she went, she came back. And of course, it was because she kept in her pocket her doll, given to her by her mother. Finally, the stepmother had enough. So she concocted a plan. One evening, she decided to leave the three daughters with some especially annoying labor. And this time, she gave it to all three. Vasilius should have paid attention, but you know how these girls are. Each one of them had something to do. Some sewing, some knitting. And she left them with the light of a single candle. And she herself went to bed early, naturally. And she told them all, you must work all night, no matter what. But she also told something to the eldest of her two daughters. She said to her, as soon as I'm asleep, blow out the candle. So they were sitting there, working. The two daughters were paying no attention to Vasilisa. And Vasilisa quietly did her thing, as she always did. Then the eldest got up, as if to fix the wick on the candle, which was apparently going out. But her hand slipped, and the candle went out. Oh dear, she said. How can we finish our work? What will our mother do to us? We must continue. We must find some fire. There's no fire in this house. Vasilisa, you must go to the house of Baba Yaga and get fire. Otherwise, we'll all get in trouble. Vasilisa said, why can't you go? One of them said, well, the light of the moon reflecting off of my darning needles is more than enough light for me. And the other one said something similar as they pushed Vasilisa out the door. Luckily, she did have her doll with her. And so she went, she went, and she went, and she went for an entire day and an entire night. As the night came to its end, suddenly she saw, coming from behind her, a white rider, completely covered in white, white clothing, white horse. And he flew by her, and as he did, the light of dawn started to come up. Soon after that, a red horseman, completely covered in red clothing on a red horse, flew by her, and the sun came up. And she kept walking, and she kept walking, and another entire day passed until she started to see the sun go down. And then behind her, a black rider, all covered in black clothing, sitting on the blackest horse you've ever seen, passed, and as he did, he disappeared, and the light went out. She found herself on the edge of a clearing in total darkness. Just as an entire host of tiny dots started to light up. And in utter horror, she realized that those were the eye sockets of human skulls that were adorning a long fence. Each of those eye sockets had a light in it. The gate was made of human arm bones and human leg bones, and the keyhole was made of a human mouth with the teeth open. She approached, quietly. She didn't dare touch the door, but she called out to Baba Yaga. Nobody answered. And suddenly, with a rush of wind, the trees started to bend back and forth as if they were going to break, and then through those trees flew in Baba Yaga herself, sitting in a huge mortar, pushing herself forward with a pestle, and sweeping away her tracks with a broom. She stopped, bunk, looked at Vasilisa and said, I smell Russian stink! Who dares come here? 
except someone who wants to be my meal. Vasilisa looked at her and said, I have come from the daughters of my stepmother to get some fire for our work. Hmm, said Baba Yaga. I know those girls. Very well, come in. And if you're willing to work and do everything that I say, then maybe I won't eat you. She took her in, and there was a huge space open in front of that strange hut on chicken feet, a huge table laden with every single bit of food you could imagine. Baba Yaga sat down and whoop, all of it went into her mouth in a second. All of the food, all of the drink. Well, she left a little bit of cake and a little bit of pie and a little bit of old stinky water for Vasilisa to drink. And then she lay down on the top of the stove, already yawning, and said, Well, <clears throat> tomorrow I have many important things to do. While I'm out, you will clean, you will wash, you will make sure everything is spotless, and then you will go into the larder, and you will clean out the four bags of wheat from all the dirt. Every single little bit. And if you don't, I'll eat you. And then she immediately fell asleep. Vasilisushka took the food, and she gave all of it to her doll. And she said, Doll, what am I going to do? She's going to eat me. I can't possibly do everything that she said, not in a single day. And the doll said, Go to sleep. The morning is wiser than the evening. And somehow, she managed to fall asleep, even though all she had was a little bit of straw in a dirty corner in the hut. In the morning, Baba Yaga was already up as soon as Vasilisa woke up. She repeated her imprecations and reminded her, If you don't do these things, I will eat you! She really did like to remind people of that part. And then she flew off in her huge, ungainly mortar. Vasilisa looked around, and to her surprise, everything was basically already done. The four bags of wheat especially, she opened them, she looked inside, they were pristine. Every single little grain was separated one from the other, with not a bit of chaff in there. She turned to her doll, and she said, Dolly, what, what did I do to deserve this? And Dolly said, you make her some delicious dinner. That's all you have to do. The rest I'll take care of. And so, for the rest of that day, Vasilisa took care to make the most delicious food she had ever made in her life. Baba Yaga came back in the evening. She restrained herself, didn't talk anything about this Russian stink this time. Although her eyes definitely suggested that she was more than willing to ignore the stink to eat Vasilisa. And yet, she looked around, she looked around, she could see nothing to get angry about. So instead, she sat down and started to eat. After she finished, she said out loud, Come, come, my servants, come and help me take care of this beautiful wheat. And suddenly, out of nowhere, three pairs of hands showed up and grabbed all the wheat, took it away. Vasilisa saw, but she said nothing. Baba Yaga repeated what she had said the night before, but she added something else. This time, she said, forget about the wheat. There are ten bags of poppy seed in the larder. Some very nice person took all those poppy seeds and mixed them up with dirt. Oh yes, take each poppy seed and clean it. If you don't, by tomorrow evening, I will eat you. 
Vasilisushka took out her dolly as soon as Baba Yaga fell asleep and she said, Dolly, eat, have my dinner, and tell me, what am I to do? And her dolly said, don't worry, go to sleep. The morning is wiser than the evening. In the morning, Baba Yaga rushed around, made her usual ruckus, flew off, and Vasilisa looked around and it was all done again. All ten bags of poppy seed were perfectly cleaned. Dolly, what did I do to deserve this? And her doll said, don't worry about it. Just make her the best dinner that you can. And so she did. For the rest of the day, she spent every bit of time making the most delicious dinner she could possibly imagine. Baba Yaga came back in a huff, in a puff, and was silenced by the perfect cleanness of her hut. She was disappointed, I need not repeat. But this time, the food was so good, the wine was so perfect, the beer was so delicious, that Baba Yaga's tongue started to loosen a little bit. And she said, Why are you standing there not saying anything? What are you, a deaf mute? Come on! Ask me a question! And her eyes began to glitter just a little bit. Now, Vasilisa was a very careful and wise young girl, as I'm sure you've already noticed. So she decided that she would be careful with her questions. She asked, Babushka, tell me, who is that white rider that I saw? And Baba Yaga said, That's my dawn! Very proud of herself. Vasilisa continued, Babushka, who is that red rider that I saw? come soon after the white. Why, that's my son, she said. And Vasilisushka asked, and what about the black rider who came at the very end, right before I came to your hut? And Baba Yaga, prouder still, said, oh, now that is my dark night. Now Vasilisa didn't ask any more questions. And Baba Yaga, waiting for more, smiled and said, well, I'm so glad you asked about what was outside of my hut and outside of my little clearing. Because if you had asked me about what's inside, I would have eaten you. Vasilisa knew that she shouldn't, but she thought about the three riders and thought, huh, that must be where those pairs of hands come from. Baba Yaga continued to eat. She continued to drink and her tongue loosened even more. And finally she said, why is it that no matter what I tell you to do, no matter how difficult, how impossible the task, you seem to get it all done without any trouble. Tell me your secret. I must know. Vasilisushka looked at her and said, I am a blessed daughter. I have the blessing of my mother. <gasps> what? said Baba Yaga. No blessed daughters here. Get out, get out. I want nothing to do with you. No, no, I want nothing of your mother's blessing. Get out, 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 out. And as she ran outside, she did give her a bit of fire, except that it was in one of those skulls. Stuck it on a pike, gave it into her hand and said, go ahead, bring it to your stepmother and see what happens next. Vasilisushka went. She almost flew out of there in utter terror. A night passed, a day passed, and in the evening of the next day, she approached the eaves of the hut where her stepmother and her sisters lived. They opened the door and actually greeted her with a lot of apparent joy. 
They started to comfort her. They started to caress her. They started to hug her. And they started to say, Oh, it's so nice to see you. You know, we haven't had any fire at all the entire time you've been gone. We haven't had any light. Every time we try to bring a candle in, poof, it goes out. Every time we try to light a match, poof, it goes out. Flint, tinder, nothing. Nothing works. So you've brought us fire. Finally. Except, as soon as she brought it in, it started to look directly at the eyes the stepmother and the stepmother couldn't look away and it was drawing her in drawing her in and then the two daughters also drawing them in drawing them in drawing them in they stared they stared and the fires got brighter and brighter and brighter and all that night they stared and in the morning there was nothing left but ash of the mother and the two daughters Vasilya Sushka took the ash took the skull dug a little hole buried them and moved back into the village. Far away from that place, she found a little old lady and decided to live with her and help her out with her daily tasks. Now, the old lady was a very nice old lady, perfectly harmless for the most part. But Vasilisa was bored. She had nothing to do. I mean, she had been leading a life of constant toil, except for all the work that her doll did, of course. But so she asked, Babushka, please give me something to do. I have nothing to do with my time. And the old lady said, well, I was going to buy some thread, some linen thread. If you want to make some shirts out of it, you're more than welcome to. Vasilya Sukhra said, I have no loom. What will I do? So she talked to her little dolly and said, I have a piece of wood. I have a bit of horse hair. I have some straw. But how can this become a loom? And her dolly said, I got this. Go to bed. The morning is wiser than the evening. In the morning, there was a perfectly gorgeous loom in her room. And immediately, she took the thread and she started to weave. And it was the most thin, fine linen fabric you've ever seen in your life. You could almost see your fingers on the other side. It was absolutely gorgeous. Now, the old lady looked at it and she goes, I can't, What am I going to do with this? It's too perfect. I can't sell this. Nobody could possibly afford this thing. It's too nice. What am I going to do with it? I know. I'm going to give it to the Tsar. Only the Tsar can have this kind of fabric. So she went. She went to the place where the Tsar lived. Now the Tsar had a kind of a low house with big windows. There was a lot of cold in winter in that part of Russia. So, you know, the windows had to be big because he's the Tsar. He needs to have light. Otherwise he gets seasonal depression. Not good. So there goes the old lady back and forth in front of the window. Like this. Back and forth. Back and forth. And, you know, he's sitting there enjoying the view, but, you know, she's really getting in the way. So finally he gets annoyed and he says, Babushka, I can see that you want something from me. Can you please tell me what it is? And she turned around as if the thought was the furthest thing from her mind and said, Oh, Tsar Batushka, so nice to see you. Well, now that you've mentioned it, I do have something. Look at this gorgeous, gorgeous linen. And his eyes lit up. Wow. Hand it over, he said. And she did. She brought it over. And there was a lot of it there. And he goes and sends it to his tailors and says, I want 12 shirts made out of this gorgeous linen fabric. Now the tailors looked at it. The tailors cut it into bits and they tried to start to sew it together, but they couldn't. Every time they poked a hole into it, it ripped. They didn't have a fine enough needle or fine enough thread to be able to do anything with it. They just despaired. And they came back to the side in utter desperation and said, I don't know. What are we going to do? We can't do this. It's too fine. It's too perfect. So he called back the old lady. Babushka, we can't do anything with this. Please, do it yourself. Since you weaved it, make me 12 shirts. Please. 
And she said, Aha! I know just the person to do it. She brought it back, and she said to Vasilisa, The Tsar wants twelve shirts. Can you do it? Vasilisushka smiled and said, I think I can. That night, she said nothing to her dolly. She didn't go to sleep. She spent the entire night sewing twelve of the most beautiful shirts you could possibly imagine. In the morning, they were ready. She gave them to the old lady, and the old lady brought them straight to the Tsar. He looked at them. He was astounded. The most beautiful shirts you could possibly imagine. Bring her to me, he said. I want to meet this incredible seamstress. I want to hire her. I want to fire my tailors. And so Vasilisushka prepared herself. She brushed her hair. She put on a little bit of red in her cheeks, just a little bit. She put on her best dress, and she came to the Tsar. He looked at her, and <laughs> what is he going to do? Of course he fell in love at that very second. He fell in love, and he said to her, Oh, my beautiful seamstress, will you become my wife? Of course she said yes. And soon after that, her father returned from his long, long journeys. Didn't notice at all that his wife and daughters were missing. Didn't matter. The life that he had with his daughter in the Tsar's house was absolutely perfect. They moved in, and so did the old lady. And yes, they all did live happily ever after. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the exciting and dangerous world of Slavic fairy tales, check out the Raven's Sun epic fantasy series, which is inspired by these stories, available wherever books are sold in ebook, paperback, and audiobook formats. If you love these fairy tales, and if you'd like to hear more than these once a month public podcasts, consider becoming a patron of this podcast. You'll have access to more stories, exclusive live storytelling events, and other surprise gifts. Your contribution will go a long way towards supporting the team that makes this podcast possible, and you will have a chance to join a wonderful, warm, and welcoming community of story lovers. They are a constant inspiration to me and a joy to serve. Visit patreon.com slash Nicholas Kotar to join. This show is edited, and its beautiful music is originally composed by Natalie Wilson at nwcomposing.com. Thank you, Natalie, for your beautiful work. And don't forget to share the podcast with friends, and do leave a review if you can. It helps more people find these stories. Thank you so much. And I hope to meet you in a certain land next time.